0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Tabletop for Two Podcast. I'm Brad Van Vutt.
1: I'm Emily Van Vutt.
0: And uh this show we are actually gonna be doing our current uh top twenty games of all time, which is something we have not actually done yet. We've done top games in specific like genres and categories, but uh we've never done a, a top overall list. But I've seen people floating around on Twitter um with, uh, I think Bill Corey started this trend like my top nine, and it just got me in the mood to do just a top 20. So,
1: yeah, we'll, uh, that was fun last night. Oh, yeah. Let me we, tell had you. Some,
0: we had, cause we're, we had, well, we because we did a joint top 20. We didn't do a, we didn't do a personal top 20. This is a joint tabletop for two top 20. So we had to, we had some, uh, some draft room some disagreements, arguments. disagreements,
1: shall we say. Yeah,
0: some bickerings last night to settle on what we came up with, but uh, but we'll get there later on. A um, couple new games we've been playing this week as well. Before we get to all that, though, as usual, um, just a few notes as far as where you can find us online, um, which would be Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram is where we're on regularly. You can find us at Tabletop for Two with all of those. Um, we'd appreciate if you subscribe to the show. You can do that on iTunes, Google Play Music, or any podcatcher that you use. Just search for Tabletop for Two. And we're also On BGG in a guild, um, guild number 2623. Definitely cruise on by there um, for any like show announcements, stuff like that. Hopefully, spurring some discussion, things of that nature. But do that if you get a chance, if you're on Board Game Geek. So The first one that we're going to talk about this week that we've played that's new to us um, is a game that we've had for a couple months now that just has been slow to get to the table. This is from What's Your Game? in
1: fairness, we've had a lot of things slow to get to the table lately because life's been like getting in the way majorly. Sure,
0: but this one was never a big priority for us. And I remember when I had talked about getting this game you weren't ever too jazzed about it so i think that's also part of the reason why it took a little while for us to play um this is zanguo um from what's your game uh this is a um it's it's euro game uh kind of like a medium to heavyweight where you are playing basically you're managing two sides of things you have a personal player board that has uh, different regions on it that correspond to regions on the board on um, the the premise of the game is you're developing um ancient China. This is around the time that the great wall was being built um so you've have, you've have your personal board where your personal Officials can move around places, and then you have the main map as well, which is where, um, the, you know, you can build the walls, you can send your governors out to influence the different regions, um, you can build palaces in the different regions. Um, but it's, it's basically a, a point collection sort of game. The theme is.
1: Point salad.
0: Yeah. The theme, the, I wouldn't even call it point salad, but the theme is definitely not strong, I would say, in this one. But the, the, pre, the gameplay is actually pretty simple because on every turn, um, or I should say every round of the game, and there are five rounds in total, you're going to draw a hand of six cards. And each of these six cards is going to be numbered, um, anywhere from one to 120. And it's going to have a bonus of some kind. On it as well and when it's your turn you have to play one of these cards and you can either play it to your personal player board into one of the five regions that correspond to the regions on the map and you're doing that with the hope and intention of getting bonuses for those cards in future rounds Um the other thing you can do is you can play the card to the main board and select one of the six actions that are on the main board that you can perform that turn and the actions are pretty simple. Um, it's gaining new officials. It's moving those officials around, um, sending out governors. If you have the right collection of officials in a region that you can send out one of your personal governors, which um, there's an area control element to the game that'll get you bonus points if you control um, regions on the main board. Um, you can build palaces. You can... Um, build the different sections of the wall, which will get you end-game bonus points. Um, but the neat thing about it is that each most of the actions have a bonus action that's associated with them. But to trigger that action, you have to either play a card that's higher than the previously played card on the board to start to trigger half the actions, or lower than the previously played card to trigger... The other half of the action. Here's
1: where the mean part comes in.
0: <laughs> yeah, because you can you can be very it, it's 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 very tough to balance playing a card that'll let you trigger those bonuses while not shifting the the section of the of the draw pile too far up or down in any direction or the other. So that your opponent can then capitalize mm-hmm. on it as well. And, but like I said, it's, it's, it's a very Euro Euro game where you're just doing different things. There's lots of ways to earn bonus points at the end of the game. There's different tasks that are set up at the beginning of the game that you're trying to race to achieve. And the first one to achieve those tasks will get more points than other players. Plus, if you achieve multiple tasks, you get like a multiplier on top of that so just points 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 um but that is it's and it's a hard game to describe without looking at it but um it's ve- if you've ever played any of the what's your game line games before you're you know pretty much what you're getting into with uh with Zangwo. So this one though was a really pleasant surprise.
1: Yeah. I think uh this is our favorite out of the what's your game games that we have played uh recently. With mm. uh
0: I mean, I'd heard a lot about it, and...
1: It went really quickly, too. Like, mm-hmm. I was... You never know what to expect. Like, the box will always give you the suggestion, oh, it's going to take this on. I felt like we were flying through that thing.
0: Well, we did, and just the quality of the game, like, the balancing act, because this is another great example of a game where you have very... Limited number of actions because during the course of the game, you're only going to get 30 turns because you get six turns per round and it's five rounds long So you're gonna get 30 turns. So it's trying to make the best use of that of the actions that you have Um, it's trying to trigger as many of those bonus actions that you can um, in order to To basically get extra have extra stuff going on on each of your turns. It's trying to balance achieving the different tasks that are on the board and this is one of those ones like in the first two rounds like I was sitting there thinking, like, holy hell, how how can you ever get anything done in this game because it's oh, yeah. so hard to to do stuff for the first two rounds? But then once you get to like round three, all of a sudden it becomes much easier to to do different things, and that's when the governors start flying out.
1: Well, and my problem was trying to because uh, I wasn't really paying attention to the cards, like the bonus cards, mm. like where you get like the bonus actions and stuff. And then when I did, and you're like, oh, well, you get to do this. And I was like, I do. <laughs> like I t- <laughs> I was having a moment I couldn't help it,
0: yeah, but but that's another cool thing about this, too, is that there's a lot of different you're not locked into a specific path there's like if you want to go after palaces and have a lot of cards in your tableau, you can certainly do that because the palaces give you bonus points if you have a lot of cards in your tableau, if you want to try to dominate all of the different region with governors. You can try to do that too. And you can, and cause that can be very lucrative as well if you really focus in on it. So it's, it's a really interesting game. Um, like I said, I wasn't expecting it to be as good as it was. Um, but like Em said, it's, it's probably out of all the games we've played from What's Your Game, and we've played a fair handful of them now at this point. This is probably our favorite, I would say, of all the ones of theirs that have come out so far. Um, works really well with two players. Uh, there's not really any major differences in the, Two player um, gameplay just restricts the you know number of spaces that are available for mm-hmm. certain things, and um, I will say that the area control aspect probably is a little bit um, uh, not it, as less, big of a factor. Right? It's well, it's a, it's less swingy, I guess, than I I'd imagine it would be in a three or four player game because if you have two in a four player game, if you have one person well, that wins both regions,
1: because in the region, well. I mean honestly with like the palaces, 'cause you there's two slots, so mm-hmm. Well
0: I'm talking about the governors. No, no, but I'm
1: talking about like when you get out there and you're putting out your palaces whatever, there's two slots available or you know, in each region. So it's not mm-hmm. like you're not gonna get one of those.
0: Right, but I'm talking about the governors with the end game scoring for having the most governors in a region. Like if, if you Oh, had, the
1: little Buddha guys.
0: Yeah, if you had somebody that in a higher player count game that controlled you know, two or three of those regions that would be oh, a huge yeah, in points. That would
1: swing it big time. Yeah,
0: as opposed to in a two-player game, it's kind of more fifty-fifty. Usually, it's 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 difficult it'll to ne- shut someone right, out. It'll yeah.
1: negate it pretty yeah. much.
0: No, but Z- Zongo is an excellent game. Um, highly recommend checking it out. It's actually been really cheap on. Amazon lately, so if you uh if you if you are want to try this, I would highly I recommend. I will
1: investigate right now,
0: going to check that out. <laughs> um, but that is Zanguo from What's Your Game? Very very good game. Um, for if you like heavier heavier Euro games,
1: uh, it is twenty four ninety nine on Amazon as we speak. Yeah,
0: you got to go get that if you're <laughs> if you if you like if you like heavier style games, you got to go check out Zanguo. Yeah, especially for that price.
1: Yeah. Uh, next on the list is one we actually just played last night, and that is Caverna. We actually got. This in a trade, if I'm correct, a math trade.
0: Mm-hmm. It sounds and right.
1: it, uh, Or no,
0: actually, no, this was a straight up. This was, was a, this a straight up trade? Yeah, I don't remember what we gave up for it, but we gave up something for it. So
1: well who cares cuz this is good.
0: Yeah. yeah so th- this is another um we've actually had caverna again for a little while as well um and w-
1: It's just fine. The problem with us is just trying to find the time to play it with, you know, our son and trying to balance work and home life and everything mm. else. It's just been a little well, not so lately. The
0: thing that spurred me on is that um uh, the the next Uwe Rosenberg game that's coming out, A Feast for Odin, is getting a lot of buzz right now and that game looks incredible um and it's going to be a must buy for us
1: and as Brad when it reiterated to me last night it's a good thing we stuck with our buddy Mr. Rosenberg because we didn't have such a good run in the beginning mm-hmm. but everything we've been playing lately has been great
0: yep um so but but that coming out has kind of and and I think Em also was was keen to try Caverna as well so it's missing our shelf we decided to bust it out um for those not familiar this is essentially Agricola on steroids and we've never played Agricola Prime, um, it's just not. It, I mean, it's there's so many versions of it that it's just <laughs> easiest to refer to regular Agricola as that. Is um, it a transformer? <laughs> we've never, uh, so like I said, we've never played regular Agricola. Um, we've only played all creatures, big and small. But from what I understand, Caverna... Oh, I hated that. Yeah, caverna has a lot in common with Agricola in terms of what you're doing and different action cards pop out every round. Um, the biggest difference is Caverna's is a lot less brutalizing in terms of feeding your family, and there's a lot. A lot of buildings that you can build
1: oh, in my Caverna, geez.
0: like 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 a dizzying amount when you first play the game. I walked over to
1: the table last night and I was just like, "Whoa!" I said, "That's a lot of uh, footprint."
0: <laughs> so, and the and the gameplay in Caverna is really simple. It's a resource management game. Um, there are a number of action spaces that are available, and some of those action spaces accumulate resources. Um, some of them let you do different actions, like clearing you know, fields and forests and... You know, digging out caverns because you have a home board that has it's half cavern and half forest that you're trying to kind of settle for your family, and you can plant fields, and you can put in pastures for animals, and you can find different mines that have different minerals in them to help you out as well. And there's it's it basically gives you a lot of freedom over how you want to play the game, um, and what you want to do in the game. And on your turn, you're going to be alternating placement on these different action spaces and. And when you take the action face, you get any resources that are on that space. Um, Plus, you get to do the corresponding action that's there. Um, Each round, a new action is going to be revealed on the board uh, that's drawn out from a deck of cards. That'll give you new possibilities and new options that you're able to do as you go along. And you do this over a number of rounds. And, of course, every few rounds, there will be a harvest where you can... Um, you know, harvest your fields and use the food and use money to feed your family. You can also even kill the animals that you've been raising to help feed your family as well. Um, which you definitely want to do because if you don't, then you have to take some negative victory points in the term, in the, in the form of beggar tokens, uh, yeah, which usually championing it I had to do that a
1: couple times last night.
0: Right. And, and you just do this over a number of rounds. And when you're done, um, you basically get points for almost everything that you own at the end of the game. And whoever has the most points, is the winner? So
1: we had really terrible scores. Did. Oh my god, we
0: did. I, that's I pretty common for a first game. I think it, of this. It's
1: not as bad as the first time we played Patchwork because mm-hmm. our scores were god awful, terrible. Oh then. yes,
0: kind of hard to be worse than initial scores in Patchwork, which are usually negative. Um, but still, a lot of fun here with Kevin. And this, I since we've never played Agricola, the one that I compared it the most against was Fields of Arl. And what I find interesting about the two is that they're kind of inverse of each other where in Fields of Arl there's a dizzying amount of actions that you can do but what you do, and, and it's kind of hard to choose at first, but what you do with those actions is pretty straightforward, whereas in Fields of Arl, the number, the actions that are uh, available are more limited, I mean in, in Caverna, the actions that you have available to you are more limited, but like, once you get to those buildings, especially... Oh, my like God. Like, It made my
1: head spin <laughs> trying to look at all these buildings. He's like, are you going to take your turn? I said, I want a building. I'm just trying to figure out which one.
0: Yeah, I, th- I want to say it's 40, <laughs> 48 different buildings that are available. Jeebus. In the game. um, And they're just available for anyone to purchase. And, and with the exception of the basic dwellings, which is how you get more workers, um, there's only one of each. So you have to really... And each building offers... <laughs> not only victory points usually but some sort of bonus of some kind or some special ability of some kind that'll help you during the game um so it's it's worth checking those out and seeing what buildings are going to help you do you know on the strategy that you're trying to pursue for that game but uh but this was a lot of fun and for two players um even the first game we knocked it out not counting the arduous setup and teardown time, we knocked it out in about 90 minutes. So, I mean, that's pretty...
1: Yeah, Mama had a few moments of AP just because of the sheer number of buildings.
0: Yeah, and that's that's one thing I will say about Caverna. Um, it's, it would be a tough game to play with anyone who's prone to analysis paralysis because, like I said, just the sheer number of choices that are available to well, you.
1: first of all, you have someone with AP that's bad with it. They're going to take one look at that board, and they, like you said, they're going to shut down mm-hmm. they're just gonna be like oh my god i can't deal with this
0: but this is i mean but other than i mean since we don't and you suffer this from that goes
1: up to seven
0: yeah you can do up to seven how, players this one
1: why on <laughs> earth would you want to play this game with seven people
0: i don't know I, I, I couldn't imagine doing that either that would take a really long time so
1: if i'm gonna if i'm gonna spend that long playing a game let's play game of thrones
0: fair enough yeah. oh yeah well for sure for sure, with something like that, but yeah. So I mean, but Kevin was a huge, huge hit with us. Yes, um, yes, very much I, liked. I it. loved it. Now, I now, how did you like it? I, I asked you this last night, but how did you like it compared to Fields Fields of Arl, which you also really liked?
1: Well, I mean, I can't really compare them. I actually think I like Fields of Arl more, mm-hmm. just because. It's meaner. <laughs> yeah, th- if that I, makes sense.
0: No, I agree with you in that. I, th- I think if it, it I think it's, it's just it's, as a snap as a snap judgment. If I were for for two players, if I was forced to choose between the two, um, I would say Fields of Arles probably the way to go. Obviously, Fields of Arles doesn't doesn't play past two players. So if you have a bigger group or the potential for well, a bigger maybe group, that's
1: why I like that one more too is because it is specifically for it's just it, right? two players,
0: right? But Kaverin was still still excellent. No, um, it was
1: it was really good. It played. Way quicker because, like, I was thinking it was going to take us a little longer, but mm-hmm. it played way quicker than I thought it did or what is going to.
0: Yeah, like I said, I wish, I wish we could compare it to Agricola in terms of, you know, if you already own Agricola, do you need to own this? But like I said, we haven't played Agricola, so I can't really put that out there. Um But all I can tell you is the Caverna is very good and another, another home run from <laughs> Uwe Rosenberg for us which has been yes, quite if what, the well if lately. what
1: you told me is true about agricola if you want to stay married to me do not ever make me play that game oh
0: why what have i told you about agricola
1: uh that it's uh you know i i cannot say the word on air because you told me i have to keep it clean mm. you said it's kind of a you know what kind of game
0: oh, okay oh it's it's I, I think it is much meaner yeah i'm pretty sure yeah. that it's a little bit meaner than uh than cavern is um we recently picked up in a trade uh, a Game of Thrones the Living Card Game the second edition the new one that came out um back in Gen Con 2015. Um we <laughs> we I mean, we've, if you're a long-time listener you know that us and LCGs don't typically get along.
1: Yes, because we have commitment issues.
0: Well, yeah, we we just could never dedicate the time to them. So we played the the introductory game um which is kind of like a short abridged version of the full game. The um the way the gameplay works is that you have each player has a deck of cards that are composed usually of one one or two of the different houses in the game and in the second edition there are eight different houses available to choose from. Um we did Stark and Lannister which like I said is the introductory game. Um you're going to draw your hand of cards, you're going to put out some characters and locations to start the game and then each round um each player has a seven card What's called the plot deck, and the plot deck are different cards which determine how much money you get that round. They determine when you win challenges, how much of a reward you get. They determine who gets to determine who gets to decide on the initiative um, or the first player for the round. And there's also usually a special ability on those plot cards that kind of steer your your personal strategy for that round, and also may clue your opponent in to what you're trying to do. As you go through and then once you have each played your plot card out and gotten ready for the round, then you'll draw a couple cards and then you'll alternate playing out more characters and more locations and attachments for those characters. And then comes the challenges phase. Now, the challenges phase is where the action of the game takes place. Um, Each character is able to perform different types of challenges. There are military challenges. There are intrigue challenges and there are power challenges uh, military challenges involve you basically winning them lets you kill off your opponent's characters um intrigue challenges lets you discard cards out of your opponent's hand and power challenges gets you power which is the main goal of the game you're trying to become the first house to gain 15 power and when you do that you will win the game um the the interesting part of the game is determining when you send people over for challenges because you're only allowed to do one type of each challenge per round each player is and the person that goes first can't give away too much because anyone that you commit to a challenge is then unavailable for the rest of the turn to participate in any future ones so like if you go ahead and use all all of your characters to initiate challenges that round then you'll have nothing to stop your opponent from possibly coming over if they decide not to block you. Or well, combat. it also
1: sucks when you can't get card draws for certain types of challenge, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> to to combat certain types of challenges, which was uh, what I felt kept happening to me. I mean, I shuffled the crap out of my deck and I still, yep. nope
0: yeah you had, you had a tough time blocking my different power challenges that were going on, so mm-hmm. you're gonna go through like this um after that round ends and you and you do it all over again, and the game will end when one player reaches fifteen power um so you were very lukewarm on this while we were playing yeah not not it's so not big of a fan not a fan, yeah,
1: like I said, I feel like it's too much there's too much luck with like the card draws. Because I feel like I, I mean, no matter what I did, nothing could, you know, nothing I did was making it any easier on me. Mm. I couldn't get military people. When I finally get military people, you immediately kill him because you're a jerk. Mm. And yeah, I just, I couldn't get it going. Maybe, uh, maybe the Starks were just bad. Uh, I mean, or maybe it's the fact that you played the crap out of you know Netrunner and things of that nature, and I never got into that, so I really am just not. This is not my kind of game.
0: It's possible. Um, I mean, certainly for me, I didn't enjoy this one as much as I enjoyed like Android Netrunner or the or uh, even Doomtown. I think we had a better time with as well. This one, um it was pretty standard as far as like the way that combat works the the combat was almost similar to that of like like magic almost in some, in some ways like not obviously identically so but just the way that you attack um was very similar to like a traditional um you know tcg or or, or lcg um and yeah the gameplay like i underst i could appreciate the you know the bluffing and the you know the and the you know trying to make your opponent read into what you're doing but i just wasn't enjoying this one as much as i've enjoyed other lcgs that have come out previously um so this one for you like you said you would play it again but you sound very begrudging about that <laughs> it it seems to me like for you this is almost bordering on a hard pass
1: yeah in
0: some ways um i
1: tr- i told you i really do try for your sake yeah. because i know you like this kind of stuff It's just not my thing. I'm sorry. It's just not.
0: I think think finally, and we're going to go back on this probably.
1: No, I'm not saying anything. I'm not saying that, no, we can't. We just haven't found the right one yet.
0: No, I just don't know if it's going to... I just don't... Because we found ones that we like. Like We like Doomtown a lot, and we just got rid of it because we never got a chance to play them much. I think I think competitive LCGs just aren't in the cards for us. Um, I am still interested in the, um, the... I was trying to make a pun. I am still interested in Arkham Horror when that comes out, because that's a cooperative LCG. Um... But yeah, I don't know if we're going to be able to really uh, do the.
1: Wasn't Lord of the Rings cooperative?
0: Yeah, but I don't. I I think you didn't like Lord of the Rings because you just didn't like the way the game worked. Arkham Horror will be very different. <laughs> it will play very different than Lord of the Rings played.
1: Whatever you say, boss.
0: I'm just saying. So yeah, okay. but Game of Thrones LCG. Um, this one did not not so great um, for us.
1: Um, next on the list, we actually played this game a while back with some friends, um, mm. but we actually tried it two player the other day and that's Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy this game.
0: Yeah. Port- I mean, Puerto Rico is, is, a classic. Um, it's not a native two player game. There is an official variant out there that the publisher released. And then that variant has been tweaked even further. Um, because the way so in Port, in Puerto Rico there's seven different roles. It's a role selection game. Each turn, one player is going to select a role, and the role that they pick allows everyone at the table to do that specific action um, that's associated with it. With the person whose turn is getting a a bonus, basically, and
1: with the exception of the prospector,
0: right? Yeah, there, there's there's a prospector that just gets the person picked at one dollar, nobody else. But mostly, it's a communal thing. Um, you're essentially trying to Trying to build buildings, um, you're trying to build plantations. You're trying to get people to man those buildings and and work um, on those plantations. And
1: ship out your goods. Yep, yeah.
0: ship out ship out goods for victory points. Trade them for money. Um, and you're just trying to get victory points and and buildings in any way in any way shape or form. The strategy of the game, of course, is trying to pick the best actions that are going to help you the most while helping your opponents the least. Like, the worst thing you could do is to pick an action that just makes, you know, does really well for your opponents. Um, Where we found the game to be very interesting with the two players is that it's very zero-sum, and it becomes tricky to keep the other player from being able to ship goods in a two-player game since there's only two ships available. And oftentimes, with two players, you, you each have different caches of resources essentially or different caches of the different goods that are in the game. Um so the trick is to try to get it so that you can really load up when those when those ships get loaded and not your opponent so much. I'm um, also controlling the trading house. But it, I I found it to be an interesting dynamic with two players for sure. And I wasn't sure I remember when you when we first played this, um when we did a four player game, you were kind of so-so on it. Mm-hmm. But that was also before we had played San Juan, which, which you really I do
1: love like. San Juan, right? Which love and then of course
0: San Juan is is a card game derived from Puerto Rico.
1: Well, and I think having played San Juan a whole bunch helped me <clears throat> this this time when we played it because I mm-hmm. understood the whole deal a little bit more. You know what yeah. I mean? It made more sense.
0: Mm-hmm. Now that being said, like it's though the two games are not really comparable, they kind of are because you're doing. A similar sort of thing. And I don't know if Puerto Rico is worth owning specifically for two players. Like, it's one of those things that if you're going to play it with a group frequently, it's good to get. And then if you can play it two players occasionally. Um, but if not, then I would say that San Juan is actually probably the better choice between the two if you want a game yeah. that's of that ilk. Um but still we 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 did enjoy Puerto Rico with two um it's it's not going anywhere in our collection. we're gonna oh. keep it for sure, and uh it's something that we will definitely revisit in the future. um the last thing to touch on is we got the expansion for stockpile uh which is called continuing corruption um and this adds a variety of things stockpile <clears throat> sorry stockpile is a uh is a stock market game, which actually we've reviewed on the show very positively. It plays really well. With two players better than most market games like that tend to. Mm-hmm. Um, continuing corruption adds a few modules to the mix with this. So it adds a few, um, new characters that you can use that uh, of course come with their own special abilities. Uh, they add commodities to the stock market, which you, it's commodities are sort of set collection, um, like a set collection mini game that gets you. Uh, bonus money. money at the end of the game if you have unique sets of different commodities, um, and then you. what well, the thing that I like the most about this expansion is you have the forecast dice. So in the base game, um, you also
1: the, have bonds you can buy.
0: Yes, you do have bonds. Bonds bonds are um, bonds are things that just kind of trickle out money throughout the game at the cost of spending some money on them early in the game, which you get the money back at the end, but it, lim- it limits how much cash you have on hand, um, especially during the early parts of the game. Uh, but the like I said, the forecast dice are the most interesting. So in the base game...
1: I like them because they're big, chunky dice, too.
0: They are. Um, the way the stocks work in the base game is you have the six companies and then each round you deal one of the forecast cards to them. And the cards are all the same. Like you're you, In every round of The basic game of stockpile. You're going to have one company whose stock price increases by three, and you have one company whose stock price will increase by one, and you'll have one that'll decrease by three, and you'll have one that'll pay dividends every round. And it was very, it wasn't easy to game because obviously those were still distributed randomly, but you knew what was coming. Well. The forecast dice add a lot of different possibilities
1: Oh, yeah, there's that. like plus four, plus five, mm-hmm. there's a triple dividend, a double dividend. Yeah, there's I a mean,
0: minus four, possibly. Oh, yeah. And every round, you're going to roll these dice, and the dice that, and the, the the die faces that end up face up, those are the commodity cards that are going to be used each round. So what it does is it adds a little bit of unpredictability to the game, like you might have one game or you might have one round in the game where all of the stock prices are quite bullish and like four out of the five stocks are going to increase that round. Then you might have one where the stock prices aren't going to move very much, but three of the companies are going to pay out dividends during the round. So mm-hmm. like it, it really changes up um, how the game feels and 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 the variations from round to round. Um, and this was great. Like I said, this this was a lot of fun. Um, the the changes that it made are not too complicated, um, but they added a lot of freshness to the game for sure. And like so, this this hadn't been stale by any point um, for us. But
1: I got you good there that one round oh how so i sold off all the stock oh, you me into, I, I sold off yeah. the stock that uh-huh. i had gotten mm-hmm. that round but i had like four shares in my in my split portfolio mm-hmm. and i was waiting because i knew it was going to split again
0: <laughs> yeah just to convince me to sell it to before it before it skyrocketed that was very nice yes. of you um i really like the character abilities you too
1: hook line and sinker I,
0: like, I really like the new characters also um yeah the like the one character that M had had made it so that um if I tried to outbid her for a for a specific stock portfolio, um I had to actually outbid her by two spaces on the bid track instead of just one. Mm-hmm. So like she it was made it very easy for her to run prices up if need be or to secure a specific uh, a specific you know stockpile for herself. Um I had a guy who really uh, did well with the commodities that were introduced in the game, so it gave me a lot of incentive to go after those. For sure, and those are a nice little bit of bonus that you can grab at the end of the game as well. Um, they also have negative. They also have these tax cards, which the more of them you collect, the more penalty you'll suffer at the end of the game. And those are cool too because since the players are putting those out on the different stockpiles, you can throw like if you get a tax card, you can throw it on a stockpile that you think your opponent is really keen to bid on to force them to kind of eat that mm-hmm. along with uh along with the. You know, along with the good stocks that they're going to get. So yeah, this was a great expansion. Um, It's super cheap too. I think you can it can be had for twenty bucks if I'm not mistaken, which is a great deal. Um, If you like stockpile, it's a no brainer for me. I'd say that you should definitely pick it up. Um, It's it's a pretty fantastic little expansion. Um, And if I don't know if it's going to change anything, if you weren't a big fan of stockpile, um, because like I said, the core mechanisms of the game are still the same. But yeah, continuing corruption is pretty great. uh, I thought. Any thoughts from you on that?
1: Uh, cool stuff has it for sixteen forty nine.
0: There you go. So,
1: no, I I really enjoyed it. I like the uh, the new characters. Like I said, I kind of enjoyed having my dude that let me make you bid more. Mm-hmm. Um, though my guys were pretty pretty tight with the money at the beginning of the game.
0: They were. That was the one advantage I had because I had one of the um.
1: Did you have Oprah?
0: No, I had Bill Gates.
1: Oh, you had Bill. Gates.
0: Bill Gates had lots of money
1: because Oprah gives you a. Crap ton of money
0: mm-hmm. but I but, yeah, since I had Bill Gates, I was able to buy a lot of the bonds at the beginning of the game, so I was able to to get a lot of money off of those as the game progressed for sure,
1: yeah i that was my problem getting started is because my guys were real tight with money, so I had to be really frugal and economical at first mm-hmm. until I got my machine
0: rolling. Did you win? I can't remember.
1: I don't remember either. I don't
0: remember either, but we had a good time. So yeah, Yeah. um, continuing Corruption, again, if you own Stockpile, get this expansion, you'll be very happy that you did. Mm -hmm. Um, That's all as far as new stuff we've been playing, so we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, our top 20 games of all time, so stay tuned. All right, and we're back. So like I said, we've... You know, We're 30-some-odd episodes in. We've never done just a top all-around overall list for us. Um, so now's the good as time as any. So this this for us, this is our collective uh, top 20 games. Um, of course, we are paying specific attention to playing with two players because that's kind of what we do on this show, which means that there are a couple of games that I cut off of the list, um, like Terra Mystica, um, things of that nature, because they're not quite as good with two players. Um, and a couple thoughts before we get into it. So as I'm looking at this now, I'm actually surprised to see a lot of newer games that have come out that are on this top 20 for us.
1: Because we played the crap out of them because they're good.
0: Yeah, I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like the past the past two years just in gaming in general have been really, really fruitful. Like there's been a lot of really amazing games that have come out. Um, now, and of course, like, you know, if we revisit this a year from now. It, sure might, it, it might be, be very different. Right, I mean, right, 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 like right. there's there's a lot of games on here that um, I was even surprised that, you know, when we ranked them in certain positions that we did, um, they were ranked where they were essentially. Like there's one that for us has been kind of our consensus, you know, favorite game of all time that is ranked much lower than I thought it would be doing this list. But it's completely legitimate, I would say, as well. Oh um,
1: yes, absolutely. I know exactly what you're talking yes. about.
0: <laughs> and I and I will say that um, we, we were just laughing. So one and two, I Are think the were the only, only ones that we, that we agreed on. That we That's agreed it. on from the jump. Everything else was was a it debate was a and a battle and and but it was fun. Like I said, we did this last night and it was. Uh,
1: yes, we did this, and I was making him watch Sharktopus because yes. he was making me angry with some of the choices <laughs> and some of the cuts that he made. So I made him watch Sharktopus.
0: I wonder if maybe we won't do it on the show, but maybe on BGG we'll each do our personal, like top whatever, and and put it up like a geek list, and then people can see that. Because yeah, for there were there were some compromises that had to be made, there was some battling that had to be done to get certain games on here, but we'll uh, we'll talk about those as we go.
1: We should have done that last night is put down your list and my list next to each other, because
0: I would have been here for an hour talking about this if we you know what I mean? <laughs> if we did that. So. Um, but let's start with uh with. No, I'm m-
1: saying when we were formulating this list, we should have had yours mind. Uh, mine.
0: Well, I said we might still do that at some okay. point, so we'll see. We'll see about that. Um, but we'll start at number twenty. Um, number twenty is Paperback from Tim Fowers. Um This is the the word building deck building game that is uh, basically Dominion and Scrabble combined. Um, what can I say? This is a great game. I love it.
1: I love that the author's name is Paige Turner.
0: No, but this, is, this is one of my favorite, uh, I mean, and there's a couple, we have a couple deck builders on here because we love deck building games, Um, but this is definitely one of my favorites and one that I think.
1: And this is one that we actually picked up, didn't you pick it up directly from?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, um, that's the other way they sell it, that he sells it is through okay. himself, through his own store. But uh, so. he
1: was like, hey, I think, he said, I, I ordered this game, because I think we'll really like it. Have we shown this to your mom yet? Because his mom's huge was on Scrabble. And uh, that was, like, the first thing that kind of drew it to us because we're like, oh, we love Scrabble mm-hmm. stuff of that nature. But we kind of have grown bored with Scrabble over the years.
0: Right. And this definitely, like, this for me, this is the best word game that I've ever this played. This is better than Quiddler. Sure. Yes, it is. And we like Quiddler a lot, too. But, yeah, yeah so Paperback's number 20.
1: Yeah. Uh, number 19, surprisingly, that it's this low, mm-hmm. is Trains.
0: And, look, I, th- I think it's merely because... We've come across a lot of other deck building games, especially recently, that just we play more that are better. But Trains is still great. Like I said, I would never I would never play Dominion over this because I, I love the combination of the deck building and also the map that you're trying to build your railways on. Mm-hmm. And it's still an excellent game. I love it to death. Um,
1: and I love that they started coming out with the two-player specific maps,
0: and that, and that's yeah, to me like that's what that's what really has sustained it for us long term is those two-player maps are fantastic. Like they're 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 great for mm-hmm. for the for the small play because because the, the big maps they're great but they're they're they are just it's, too big it's, with two yeah, players. It's
1: too much. There's too many. It's too easy to stay away from each other.
0: Mm, yeah, like I like trains. I think is a better game when you're kind of forced to bump heads. Oh, yeah. A little bit as you go along. Absolutely. So number 19 for us. Um, number 18 is one that many of you will curse us if you are going to be using this list to form recommendations because this game has been hopelessly out of print for the past couple of years. And that is Ginkopolis. Um,
1: didn't we acquire it in a trade?
0: we did get it in a trade,
1: but ours is French, so we had to download english right and and
0: yeah, if you can find a foreign language version <laughs> of this, go for it because there's no there's no text on the cards um this is a city building area control game, but it's a very unique one where you're there's also some card drafting as you go as well um
1: tiling
0: tiling it's it's a very very unique resource game. resource
1: management
0: very underrated game i i don't think that this game is on enough people's radar
1: it is a favorite of a few of our friends every time they come over they're like can we play that game again
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. but like i said the, the best part about it is that it's a great two-player game as well and they and the rules do well to scale the area control part of it mm-hmm. with two players um but just a terrific terrific game uh ginkgopolis makes it to number 18 for us
1: Number 17, another one that I was surprised was so low on the list is Viticulture.
0: And for me, I don't know. I don't, like...
1: You were in love with this game at one point.
0: I was, and but there... And
1: now it's number 17 on our list.
0: But when you get to some of the higher games on the list, there are some games that have similar mechanics to this one, or at least a similar feel to this one for me, that this has kind of bumped it down. This was the first one
1: that you really made me... You know, you really had to do some convincing to make me pen, spend did $100. Oh,
0: well, because it was 100 bucks, that's why. <laughs>
1: you know, frugal frugal, fredelina over here mm-hmm. can't deal with that. And then you did all this hemming and hawing, oh, come on, come on, come on, come on. And then here's number 17.
0: I mean, 17 is still... Pretty good out of our collection, I would say, and and this is still one of my favorite worker placement games. And
1: this, I will say, this list has also caused us to really reevaluate our collection and take a hard look at some stuff that's just not getting played, Mm -hmm. uh because we only we don't want to. I mean, we live in a little townhouse; we don't have much space as it is. Mm -hmm. We have to kind of conserve space.
0: But and I'll tell you also, viticulture would not be this high if it wasn't for the Tuscany expansion. Which is taken like takes a very you know, okay worker placement game and makes it a great one. Um, most of those modules can be found in the Viticulture Essential Edition. So if you don't own this, um getting that version of the game, which I think is the only version that's even on sale anyway right now, um will will get most of that stuff for you. But yeah, the the expansions are great. Um again, it's still a great worker placement game. Like we're talking about, like, you know, oh I can't believe it's so low. It's still number seventeen out of the 200 or 300, 300 some odd games, games that we, we own, Yeah. so that's a pretty good place uh, for Viticulture um, number 16 uh, is a re-issuing of a classic game uh, this is Through the Ages, a new story of Civilization, we had never played the original Through the Ages, um, this is one we picked up at the beginning of this year and we love it it is, it is the only Civilization game that we still play to this point and we've tried a lot of them. We've tried uh, Clash of Cultures, and we've tried... Yeah. I mean, I like you know, that,
1: but it was just it never... We played it once, and then it never got mentioned again.
0: Right, and and we, like, we've tried a whole bunch of Civ games. Um, this is the one that is stuck. It's long. We don't get to play it often, but man is it a good time mm-hmm. whenever we get to like just the different balancing and trying to you know trying to stay on your civilization's path and keeping the military I aspect just balanced because yeah.
1: every time we play it i can't help but thinking of bill and ted
0: well because yeah, of all the different like <laughs> leaders and stuff yeah <laughs> i but
1: can't it, help it because like we're going through and i'm just like <laughs> It's so great.
0: <laughs> but yeah, just just a yeah. fantastic a fantastic Civ building game. And like I said, one that doesn't even come with a map. There's not even a map in this game. And you're still able they to, build to make a, a civilization. You need to make a promo card.
1: A Bill and Ted promo card for this game. Well
0: then you call a lot and see I will. see I'll if tweet he's good. Like, yeah.
1: Seriously, you need to make a Bill and Ted uh promo card. But yeah, through
0: the Ages are number sixteen um for us, for our money, the best Civ builder that you can get.
1: Number 15 has quickly become a favorite yeah, amongst it's the shot two up, us. Uh,
0: shot up the ranks.
1: Thunder and Lightning.
0: And I would even put this, Me, I, I personally would even put this ahead of our number 14 game, which is ahead of it. I know you wouldn't, which is why the number 14 game is sitting where it is. But Thunder and Lightning is fantastic, and it's also, this game is also one of the reasons <laughs> why I haven't been dying to find, like, an LCG um for us to latch on to because this game though it is not an lcg at all the 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 way the game plays and the card play has that kind of feeling um this is this also i liken to it's basically like a card version of stratego in a lot of ways
1: i made him mad because we played this the other oh night
0: oh my goodness
1: and uh i used what? what's the card is it hell that, yeah, you, can that you can pull the card out of your discard pile, pile? Well, he thinks I'm going to pull, I don't know what he thinks I'm going to pull, but I pulled my nightmare card, which makes you, if they flip it over, it blows up my whole row and his whole row. Hmm. And he didn't realize that I'd played that. And then he, he pulls, he, uh, you know, challenged it and he just so happened to put out his artifact and mm-hmm. he lost the game.
0: Yeah, <laughs> now, listen, thunder lightning. we got this a few months ago and we've played it. At least, at least ten times. At least ten times, we got it. It's a it's a fantastic two player game.
1: Which, if you guys know anything about us and our gaming ADD, that's a lot.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, but that made number fifteen on this list. Uh, the number fourteen game that we have is Parade um, from Z-Man Games. Which
1: I got to tell you, the only reason that I wanted this game right from the off was because it was Alice in Wonderland themed. Mm. And then we played it, and it was great.
0: Well, like I said I, I love games that have unique scoring mechanisms like there's not. So not only in parade are you trying to get the lowest number of points, but the genius part is, is that they have the different card suits in the game. But if you have the if you have the most of a specific card suit, then all those cards become worth one point each instead of their face value. So it's like you don't want to take cards, but if you're going to take cards and take, take as many of as one them. color yeah, as right, you can, right, right. because that way you're negating the points for them. And also trying to cleverly lay out the cards to stick your opponent with the high valued cards. There's a lot of, lot of second guessing in this game. A lot of, you know, strategic card play in this game. Oh, it's still, a terrific game. I still I remember
1: it. my best game.
0: Oh, when you finished with like six or something like that
1: nine points. Mm-hmm. Nine points. Yeah, Corey it. had six. Remember, Corey right. beat me out just barely.
0: Right. So, but but like I said, for me, um, parade is great. I would have put thunder and lightning ahead of it. Um, M was so adamant that parade be higher than that. That made the cut, so that is our number that's fourteen. That's like the one
1: fight I won.
0: Yeah, so number fourteen game is parade.
1: Uh, number thirteen, another more recent acquisition. That's baseball highlights twenty forty five. Mm-hmm. Love this game.
0: Uh, it's
1: it helps that we're big baseball nerds.
0: Well, that that definitely helps. <laughs> but just it's the the way the game plays is is fascinating. Like like the way it simulates kind of sort of a baseball game, but you can also react to what your opponent does. And th- that's really where the coolness of the game is, is pl- when you play the cards, it's re- is you're trying to react to what your opponent's doing, but also help yourself at the same time. And you're trying, it- it's that push and pull between those things. Um, I also love when you acquire the different free agents between rounds. Oh, yeah um trying to you know find players that fit the style of of deck that you're trying to build in this game um and you can knock it out in 45 minutes it's a terrific uh it's a definitely unique deck building game um that'll be unlike any of the other ones that you have i would definitely say mm-hmm. um and it's great especially if you're a baseball fan a lot of fun as well mm-hmm. so yeah baseball highlights summer, or baseball highlights 2045 number 13 on our list, um, number twelve is the one that I was shocked to the shock the most to see that it ended up here. Um, this is Eminent Domain. Uh, this is
1: a game we've easily played forty to fifty times, right? And since this is one that
0: bought it that we've said before is probably our favorite game, and it's just kind of fallen off for us for some reason, not because of anything that it's done, like nothing bad about it. Um, but it just we found other stuff that just has kind of taken hold of us a little bit more. Um, but eminent domain is still a fantastic
1: When we really want to play, you know when we really want to get into uh something though, that's that's what we mm-hmm. go to.
0: Well it's I mean it's still for for my money, it's a terrific like role selection game. Yeah. Um for it beats for it for me, it beats the pants off of Race for the Galaxy. Like we hate Race for the Galaxy. Um but I, and I think Eminent Domain does Kind of what race does, but so much better. Yeah. (laughs) And with, and again, with eminent domain, the thing that I love about this one is that it gives you freedom to explore different strategies because the, the tech cards that are in the game, like the sheer amount of tech cards that are available is staggering and gives you a lot of flexibility and lets you craft your strategy at your whim, essentially. And that's, that's the thing I love about it. And that's why we've played it as many times we've played it.
1: Um number 11 was one I am not pleased that it's here but it is and that is 13 days the Cuban missile crisis.
0: We'll see so so <laughs> 11 and 10 are almost interchangeable on this list for us because they're very similar games. Um and they do actually let's let's talk about them together. So the so we have 13 days at number 11 Twilight and Struggle Twilight Struggle at number 10. At number 10. So the so like I said they're very similar games they achieve a very similar feel the biggest difference between them is the depth and the length between them obviously Twilight Struggle is which the big three hour this deep guy across
1: from me's argument last night which just because it plays shorter doesn't mean it's better I said no I just enjoy the gameplay of this one much more than I do of Twilight Struggle
0: see and and the thing I, I like the thing I like about Twilight Struggle the most is how each, every card you play in that game, despite the fact that the game is so long and despite the fact that you get so many turns... It's okay, I
1: still have my dominance victory over you in that.
0: Yeah, you do. But every card in that game is so stinking important and so it agonizing. Is. And in 13 days, I, it's there's still that tension and there's still that brinksmanship, but I don't have the same level of angst every turn in 13 days that I have in Twilight Struggle or or just or just like in Twilight struggle I love the the laying of the groundwork to see to have this long-term plan that you're working on only to watch it get scrapped like at the at the last second because of something your opponent does or, or you know the way that certain cards fell or because they they figure out what you're trying to do and they respond to it accordingly and look 13 days is I love 13 days it's it's a terrific game and it's one that gets played more frequently by us because we can play it in half an hour as opposed to two and a half, three hours with Twilight Struggle. But for me, I think that's why I love Twilight Struggle so much more, even though it doesn't get played nearly as as often. Now, you make your argument for 13 days. <laughs>
1: I, I, maybe I just enjoy the subject matter more, too. Mm-hmm. I think that might be what it is also. Could be. You know what I mean? I just... I don't know.
0: So, But yeah, 13 days we have at 11, Twilight Struggle at 10. You could easily flip those two. Um, and you'd probably be fine there as well.
1: I had to concede.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: I was not happy about this. Um, number nine, Millennium Blades.
0: Another another newer edition, but this this
1: <laughs> This is the one that I hated when he first showed it to me. I'm like, please, why do you want this game? He just goes on and on and on about it. I'm like, I honestly I didn't listen to half of the stuff you said about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we got it. I played it the first time, and I was
0: hooked. Yep. Yeah, it's like I said, it's, it, we've talked about it many times on the show before, so we're not going to go into great detail. But just if you want a game that if, if you're a big TCG fan, um, you should own this game. If you enjoy, like, deck building or, you know, constructing that sort of thing, then this is a great game for that as well. Um, and, again, even the two-player
1: works hate, really well. I will say this. I hate building decks of cards myself in games. Mm-hmm. This one I don't mind it so much. I don't know why. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's cuz that's like I'm shopping. I don't know.
0: <laughs>
1: Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's what kind of pulls it together here for me, but yeah.
0: So, that was number 9. Um number 8 is Eldritch Horror. This is uh this one is a lot of fun for us. Like I love this the storytelling aspect of the game. Um and I love the different you know the globe trotting and and the different characters their abilities and the different monsters that'll come out and the different mishaps that'll happen to you.
1: Quick aside, did I ever show you the things I found on Etsy like the yeah, special sh- little holders? Yeah, the gates
0: that yeah, you know, that for the gates. Um, and this is like if we're looking to to have to you know chuck some dice around and tell a fun story for a and couple get of murdered. hours. Murdered. Yeah, left and right or go crazy. Um then Elder Tar is definitely a I go-to. never go
1: crazy. My people always get murdered.
0: <laughs> Though I will I will say, um I wonder if this will be as high the next time we do this because
1: of Mansions of Madness. I l- I
0: really enjoyed the new Mansions of Madness as well. Which is not quite quite the same thing, um, but it does have a lot of similar similar aspects to it. But for now, um this is definitely if you're looking for you know a good you know dice chucking story driven game, you can't go wrong with Eldritch It's our number eight.
1: Mm-hmm. Number seven on the list. Fun little train game. Brass. Mm-hmm. <sighs> this game. I actually thought it should be lower. Mm-hmm. You fought to get it up to number seven
0: because I think it's it's brilliantly designed.
1: I can't I think it's very I, smart. I can't argue with that. It's just I was going based off of I mean, a lot of these I was going based off of enjoyment level.
0: So was I. I I love it when we play brass. You I lo- must love I, it more I, than I
1: do then. I guess so. I wanted yeah. it I wanted it a little lower.
0: No, I, I brass is just like like for route building. I don't think there's anything better. We've pl- and like I said, I've you know we we've, we've played Railways of the World and other some other Martin Wallace games, which are very good indeed. Um, but yeah, for this one, just the the combination of you know the ease of play, but the complexity of you know trying to best you know make use of your money and building your network out and capitalizing on different victory points, um, with the playtime. Because again, this is one that with two players you can easily knock out. In ninety minutes, um, and which is a, a big deal for us, of course, if we're going to oh, be yeah. playing some stuff. Yeah, like for this one, like when we got it, I was just completely taken by it, and it's one that I will never, ever, ever turn down anyone wanting to play. So that, that that's why I fought to get brass so high, and it ended up at number seven. seven. Yep, uh, number six is Seven Wonders Duel, um, Civilization Light Building, and again, it's. <laughs> We, this is another one that we've played probably ten times at least um since, since we've, since got we've gotten, it gotten
1: it and we haven't had it that long either
0: no and it just it's i I really love the um uh, you know the the screwmanship in this game. Well, because
1: we love Seven Wonders, but I did not like the fiddly bits of a two player mm-hmm. game with regular Seven Wonders. That's why we won't ever play it unless we have at least three players anymore.
0: Well, and and this and then one
1: this came out and it's just been fantastic.
0: Well, and and this one really, I think one of the reasons I like it I like it so much is it highlights the negative drafting aspect of Seven Wonders because with a two player game. If you know that there's a card here that you really need, and there's a card out that your opponent really needs, which is which is the one you should be getting because you right. really have to weigh it out and say, because sometimes it is worth it to get that opponent benefit card be, just to keep them from having it because them having it would be such a huge deal, right? Right? right. Um, and and also, this is one where if you're not careful early in the game. You could really put yourself at a disadvantage later in the game. Because like if you ignore military, then you're gonna find yourself in the third age getting a lot of military cards because otherwise your opponent's just gonna win the game instantly because it has those 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 two instant win scenarios that are in the game. So yeah, so so Seven Wonders Duel, fantastic game. Um we, we have it ranked number six. Uh
1: number five on the list is Scythe. Yet another Newer Well, this is, the, this is
0: the newest one and that's come out that's on the list. This
1: game has just been unbelievable. Like we have played it what, five, six times already since we've gotten it and we've had you, it two oh, months. You've
0: played it five or six times. I've played it ten or twelve times <laughs> since we've had it. Through solo play. Like I've been playing it a ton solo.
1: See what he does when I'm asleep. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, th- this game is 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 just fascinating to me. Like the way the different uh the way the different mechanisms work together and just like it's just a very interesting interesting euro game um and we can't stop playing it and i i really honestly can't see that changing anytime soon Mm -mm. um scales really well which is a huge plus um like i said it's got great solo play um it's got terrific two-player play as well because the game itself doesn't really change between player counts and again, I just like the different avenues of victory that you have in this game. I like how every game is going to feel a little bit different um based on the faction that you're using and the player board that's been dealt to you and also just how, you know, willing or unwilling players are to fight each other will change the feel of the game. Be side even though we've only had it for a little bit um and even though it's relatively new and hasn't kind of had time to to settle um for us it's number five right now and again could change later might go lower might go higher next time we do this who knows um but right now i'm comfortable putting in at number five mm-hmm. um number four is kanban automotive revolution um from vitala for worker placement for me this is this is where it's at this is this is like the pinnacle for me of worker placement, which is funny because you only have one work, one worker in this game. But there's so much confrontation between the players, like trying to, you know, butt your opponent out of certain spaces or get get to do things before them.
1: That evil bee of a boss.
0: Yeah, they're there and the game fights against you as well, which is really cool. Like
1: why would you ever play with nice Sandra?
0: Uh if you were looking for a more easygoing Easy going time, I guess. If you
1: want to easy going, then play Takedo, Okay, there you go. Go somewhere with yourself.
0: <laughs> but yeah, Kanban. I love. Um, I love the unique theming of it as well. Not a lot of games, you know, have you working in a car manufacturing plant essentially. But and it's just really clever how the game works together and and has the different mechanisms that line up with each other. I love it. What else do you love about it? I I went on I went on gushing about it. <laughs>
1: Oh, there's so many different things to do. Like you said, there's, you have to get the parts for the cars and you have to get the blueprints for the cars and you have to put everything together and you have to pump them out of the assembly line. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's very, like I it's very unique, especially mm-hmm. to anything else in our collection. Like I said, I love the mean boss. If you're not up to a certain certification level or you're not up to a certain something, she penalizes you for slacking basically Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah i love it
0: very it's in yeah like i said kanban is great um our number four
1: yes (sighs) not because i wanted it to be (laughs) um number three which this was you know should have been number four in my opinion um is lahav
0: yeah this this one probably was except for the twilight struggle 13 days debate this is probably the most contentious debate for me, I I think Lahav is one of the greatest games I've ever played, and I will play Lahav anytime anyone wants to play it. I love it; it's fantastic. It's so much fun. I love the I love the, you know, the balancing of the different resources and fighting for the different buildings, and you know, and trying you know trying to feed everybody at the end of the round, and just really trying to balance everything out, but still get a high score at the same time.
1: Is that what it is? Is that the game you've been trying to figure out the one that I always do the same thing? No,
0: no, that's not it Because I always
1: try and get my food up so I can feed my people without actually having to spend food
0: But like but and again so for me like I love I love agonizing decisions in games like like to me that tension and that uh, and that angst is fun So I I like games that force you to make those tough decisions and Lahav. Forces you to make that in spades because in lahav you get limited number of actions every round and you have to and you have to sit there and say, all right, well, I got to get some food here, but I also want to do this thing and I want to do this. And then you kind of make your turn and you come up with like the idea for your turn in your head. And then inevitably your opponent comes along and takes the space that you were <laughs> trying to take with your worker and forces you to go back to square one right in the middle of the round. And I just mm. I love I love having to work through all that and how to do all that stuff. That's that's why I wanted to put it ahead of Kanban. Mm. OK, but you love Kanban a little bit more, it seems I do. But You still love lahav?
1: I do, but I like Kanban a little bit more.
0: Well, like I said, I for we I, I won this round. Um, you it's a number three rounds,
1: I only won one.
0: I don't know about that. Well, like I said, this, I this, got
1: parade where I won it. That was about it.
0: This is just more incentive for us to do our own personal ones at some point. So, so yeah, lahav number three, number two is the the game that has knocked down all these other deck building games <laughs> down lower on the list. and that is legendary encounters an alien deck building game. And I remember when we like the first legendary game we bought was Marvel, which was okay.
1: It was too easy.
0: It was way too easy. Um legendary encounters takes that even, same even
1: our friends who aren't seasoned gamers as I guess we are. They even thought it was too easy. Hmm. So,
0: but Legendary Encounters takes that engine and turns it into a cooperative game where you're literally fighting against the game together, and it's just a terrific deck building experience with just the right amount of challenge, um, just the right amount of variety because the s- the set that you get comes with. Lots of different scenarios. You're able to mix and match different characters together if you want. You're able to mix and match different objective sets together if you want, different enemies together. And you really have a lot of flexibility, and this game has a ton of replayability. We've played it over and over and over again. Um, I mean, really, for me, like the Legendary Encounter system kind of belongs in the spot, but since we have to pick a game, we'll go with Alien. Um, I do like Alien a little bit better than Let me than tell Predators. you
1: how you guys know that I love this game. There is an expansion coming out. I have already bought sleeves for that <laughs> expansion and it's not out yet. That's how much I love this game.
0: So, but yeah, this this for us this is the deck builder to trump all other deck builders. Um we have it at number 2 overall. Um Legendary Encounters Again, Alien Deck Building Game.
1: One of the only ones one of the one of the two that we actually agreed on. Yes. And our number 1 is Trajan. Yes. After this gentleman across from me thought I would never play a game like that.
0: I thought it would be too much. Turns out it was the the perfect game for was, you and I. Yes. Yeah this this it by was, far it was
1: what sparked all of this.
0: Yeah this this by far is my favorite. You know, or really our favorite Euro game, our favorite Feld of which we have a ton of them. Um, again, a, another game where I just I love the the puzzle. I love the you know the the tricky decisions making the on collar board work i hate when
1: i get to the point on my board where i can literally do like two actions based on the space mm-hmm. out, how my things are spaced out right but out. you
0: also know you have yourself to blame for getting to yeah, that uh, yep. to getting into that stance
1: yeah then you're just like god bless it
0: right and and balancing right. out the different actions um this is oh no this is the game this is the one i was trying to think of i was joking with M that there're certain games when we play he i know knows she's what always what she's going to do in Trajan, M always goes after shipping. She always is a heavy shipper. In Trajan, I know that's going to happen. In fairness,
1: <laughs> I did shipping for six years. Remember, yeah. so I can't help it.
0: But yeah, Tra- Trajan is just, <clears throat> it's just it's it's so good. Um, You know, th- these top games are the few games that on BGG that I have ranked at a ten. And Trajan, I think, was the first one that I ever gave. A ten to because for me it's absolutely perfect in terms of what a one Euro of those game. Games is. What's that
1: Some game that I will not play?
0: What's that? Oh, Netrunner. Mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah, it might still be a ten. That's still fantastic too. But yeah, but so yeah, Trajan, fantastic Euro. It's our favorite game. It's our number one game. Um, and I I know that you love this even probably probably even more than I do to be quite honest.
1: Yeah, it was the first one that I really. I, I guess it was it was my first like heavy game right mm-hmm. and I just I fell in love and I always wanted to play it
0: Right and and I
1: still always want to play it
0: and and as I'm said like this was also the first Really like heavier game that we ever acquired.
1: It was funny, too He was so scared to show it to me. He's like, oh my god. She's not gonna like it
0: watch well, Remember it was it was tough to explain To you. I remember to like to teach how to play
1: again if I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times to you. It's easier for me if I just pick it up as I go. Yep. Just let's get the basics. I got to do X, Y, and Z, and let's get rolling.
0: Yep, yeah, but yeah, so Trajan, um, know, yeah, for us, that's that's where it's at. That's uh, that's the number one. Um, so yeah, like I said, hopefully you enjoyed uh, enjoyed this list. Um, like I said, I, I know that we'll po- I'll eventually post this list on to bgg and a geek list um which we'll probably tweet out i'm sure and put on facebook for you guys if you ever want to reference it um and then like i said we might do our own personal top games and that might be fun because i'd be curious to see without having to work together how those lists differ Mm, from one another that might be an interesting uh an interesting exercise to to check that out so we'll let you know if we do that too but yeah i hope you guys uh enjoyed very much uh, listening to that and and we very getting our much enjoyed
1: fighting about it last night
0: we did it was fun it was it was a good time, and that took much longer to do than I thought it would so <laughs> so we had a good time doing it though. Yeah. Um, but that that is uh, that is actually it for us. So again, just uh, don't forget to uh, hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Tabletop for Two. Um, check us out in the BGG Guild again. That's Guild Number Two Six Two Three. And also, just a reminder, um, we are just one show that is affiliated with the TNP Studios network of shows. Please check out all those other great shows as well, um, which you can find at the thenerdpocalypse.com. You can also check out the premium shows on that network as well. If you go to the slash premium. Uh, which will get you episodes of No Time to Bleed, The Men with the Golden Tongues, uh, The Look Forward Political Podcast, and The Airing of Grievances. So, all great shows. Check those out when you get a chance. Again, that's the TNP Studios Network. Um, thank you again very much for listening. Uh, we will talk to you guys in a couple of weeks. I think we might, maybe, might do an Essen preview, two-player Essen preview, in a couple of weeks. So, okay, well, well, uh, we'll you're gone for one of
1: those weeks, so
0: I am. So, I might have to g- gather that up before before i leave then
1: that's what you get to do when you're in your hotel room alone at night
0: (laughs) so but yeah very good time um and we'll see you guys next time we record talk to you later
1: bye